I'm your host, Sarah Troop, and you're listening to the Cabinet of Curiosities. This week's episode, Driving Miss Josephine. Somewhere in Los Angeles, there is a small lagoon near a park where people play soccer, couples fight, tweens pledge undying love, and children celebrate the passing of their birthdays. Over 100 years ago, a grand pavilion and resort hotel stood here, enticing tourists and the more financially endowed. They dined, they danced, they raced their boats. By 1917, the hotel was nothing more than a brothel. The city, hoping to clean up this messy situation, and not being able to locate a safe, suitable location to house quote-unquote undesirable children, without great objections from local residents, the property was handed over to a Mary E. Jacobs, who, along with another woman, opened a facility named the Hope Development School for Retarded Children. The school was home to some 40 girls, ranging in age from 4 to 23 years old. Most of the girls were sent there after the juvenile courts determined they were mentally deficient. Others were simply sent there because their families couldn't or didn't want to care for them any longer. Mrs. Jacob started locking the girls in at night, barring the windows and the doors to the outside world, because the outside world, in the guise of men, repeatedly broke in and violated the girls. A number of the girls were also subjected to being strapped to their beds for their own or others' safety. On June 1, 1924, 14-year-old Josephine Bartholomew really wanted to go for a car ride. The girls' requests were denied, but Josephine really wanted that ride. So, she decided to start a small fire in the basement of the building with some oily rags, figuring that would at least get them outside. It was around 9 o'clock at night, and most, if not all, of the girls were asleep in their beds, locked in, or strapped in. Twenty-three girls died, eighteen others hospitalized. They say the only thing left by the time help arrived from Venice, the nearest town, was a brick chimney and some twisted iron bars. A number of newspapers ran the story with gruesome headlines containing descriptions like Remains of tots burned crisp. An article from the Nevada State Journal, Reno edition, ran a story. The title reads as follows. Twenty-three girls dead, many injured as Blaze sweeps institution. Trapped inmates helpless die in home holocaust. According to witnesses to the Blaze, the children were trapped by barred doors and locked windows and many of the inmates made their escape by jumping 
from the second story of the three-story building after the windows had been broken. Other children were thrown bodily from the windows by rescuers. A graphic word picture of rescue work was given by Walter Curtis, Los Angeles, who with members of his family were on the beach 200 yards from the building when the fire broke out. He says, The first I knew about it was when I heard a man at an oil station blowing a small police whistle. I looked up and saw a big crowd around the building. I ran toward the building and toward a big heavy door on the first floor. It was closed and locked. Together with another man, I threw my weight against it. We couldn't budge it. Then we tried some windows. They were locked. We couldn't get any of them open. I broke in the first window I came to. I looked in the room but could see nothing. I ran to another window and broke it in. There was nothing there. I broke in several other windows the same way. There was not a sound of anyone in the building. I called out but received no reply. I broke into another window where I heard children screaming at the far end of the hall. I climbed through the window by my hands and knees in a dense cloud of smoke. It was dark and I couldn't see a thing. I stumbled over a child. I grabbed her by the leg and carried her to the window where someone took her and I went back for the others. I could hear them screaming frightfully now. They seemed dazed and apparently didn't know what they were doing. They seemed to be fighting among themselves. In all, 18 injured girls and one of their caretakers, six firefighters and a number of passerby who heroically joined the fray were hospitalized for burns, smoke inhalation, exposure and shock. No one knew how the blaze began, and a full investigation was launched by the State Attorney's Office, the L.A. County Coroner, and the Board of State. It would be three weeks before Josephine confessed. Gertrude Garrett, the probation officer in charge of all undesirable children under the age of 21, said Josephine had, quote, only a shadowy understanding of the horror that she had committed. But she is sorry, genuinely sorry, for the suffering that resulted from her act. She meant no wrong. She was simply incapable of realizing the consequences of her initial act. Employees and patrons of a nearby restaurant report hearing the cries and screams of a young girl who they claim died at the Hope School during childbirth. One patron even recounts being possessed by the spirit of the girl while lunching with his girlfriend. Unexplainable lights are seen by many during the nighttime hours, hovering just above the lagoon and surrounding areas. Special thanks to Kim Cooper and Richard Shave from Esoteric, and as always, to Steve Troop. You can learn more about the subjects featured on the Cabinet of Curiosities by visiting our website, cabinetofcuriositiespodcast.com. Need to catch up? Past episodes can be found on iTunes, and you can even like us on Facebook. 
I'm your host, Sarah Troop. Thanks for listening. This man's body and this voice cannot be stopped.